And what is up? Welcome in. Wes Mitchell here, Chris Clark, GC Live, Wednesday episode of the show. Good to see you all. Obviously, you know, we don't see you quite every day like we do during the season. So great to see everybody joining us here in the chat. Hope everybody has done well. And uh, looking forward to talking a little bit of ball here, Chris. We are rolling, I guess, about almost a third of the way through spring practice, which means you know, you start to get a little feel for things. The guys put on the pads. The guys sort of start to get after it. And you start to kind of, I guess, have more opportunities to read into what the coaches are saying and what the players are saying as well. So we're going to get into all that, all the major storylines. But first, going to tell you about our friend Clint Hammond. ClintHammond.com, 803-771-6933. We tell you about Clint every single show. He is, of course, with Movement Mortgage here in Columbia if you're in the market for a new home. Just give Clint a shout, uh, go to the website for more information, but essentially he can help walk you through that process, let you know what those interest rates are right now. They're not pretty, I'll tell you that, not going to lie to you, because I very much dislike in commercials when they're just like, no matter what happens, they're like, oh, it's a great time to buy. So not going to BS you on that, but if you're in the market for a new home, if you're ready to take the step, Clint will help you get very creative. Uh, My wife and I, actually just bought last year and uh, we could not have it could not have worked out better than it did considering all the other major factors so shout out to Clint as always uh, for being a sponsor here and for being a personal friend and supporter of all South Carolina athletics as well Chris four days in we got to talk about a lot of things but I I titled the show about to carry on joiner one, because I'm personally stuck on this thing. Two, we talked about it on 107.5 earlier as well, and I know our audience isn't quite exactly always the same here on the podcast. And also, man, I think that like this is something people talk about. Like I feel like it's been an off-season discussion every single year. What is the carry-on joiner's role this season? And I think we're seeing the answer to that question start to shift once again. We get to go out to practice tomorrow, Wes, Thursday, March 23rd, and we'll see what I think six periods. So we'll get 30, 45 minutes, something in there. Will we see our first official carry in practice of DeCarion Joyner as a running back? Now we've seen him carry the ball, right? Whether that's uh, been a quarterback, it's been a sweep, it's been something on special teams. We've obviously seen DeCarion Joyner with the ball in his hands at the college level, but first time seeing him play running back, I'm interested in it. I'm with you too. I, I think it's a storyline that's fun to latch onto, right? But it's also more than just a for- fun storyline. It's a very important storyline. It's a very relevant one, given South Carolina's situation at the running back position. Um, and I think there's a lot of ways to take this thing, man, but just such an interesting storyline because – to carry on skill set with what he can do with his size, with his background. He's obviously someone that's very comfortable in the backfield with the ball in his hands, running it from the backfield, albeit in a different role. It makes a lot of sense. And this thing has turned into, I know I'm kind of stealing the point you made earlier here, but it's gone from something of what will this turn into to now it's kind of officially a thing, you know, it's, it's something worth tracking very much because everything that we've heard publicly, everything that we've heard 
talking to some of our sources behind the scenes indicates that the carry on's seemingly taken pretty well to this. Um, and that it looks like he's legitimately going to help this team. DeCarion said he's been spending most of his time at the running back position. Shane Beamer said during his press conference on Tuesday, you know, that he's outperformed even Beamer's expectations. So I'm really looking forward to continuing to track this storyline throughout the spring, no doubt about it. Yeah, shout out Craig there in the chat. By the way, if y'all have questions, throw them in there. Uh, again, since we don't see y'all as much and we don't really get to take questions on the radio side, definitely want to be able to hit on your questions and your topics for this show. Uh, yeah, so Craig, hope you're doing well, man. And, you know, I, I think just in the sheer length of the answer that Shane Beamer gave when he was asked this question, you know, kind of caught my attention. I, I wrote a quick story on that last night on the quote, and I was like, I got to break this thing up into like four quotes for it to actually be you know, like something you can read through without it being an entire page long. And so that that kind of caught my attention, Chris. And I, I think when you look at like the initial conversation, it was more along the lines of this is going to be an expansion of the package that he was already in. And it was kind of like, you know, there's not much depth at running back. There's not many, you know, that there guys need to take some practice reps at running back. It was kind of like, all right, this is a guy who we know can do a lot of different things. Let's just see what it looks like. And I think they're already talking about it, not in a completely different light. Like you you see Beamer sort of at the end, he sort of hedges and kind of says like, you know, we'll, we'll continue to expand. We'll see where it goes. But, I mean, when he admits that it's better than he even thought, and Chris, when I mean, I, I thought the quote, I said this earlier, I thought the quote about him showing textbook blocking ability in the one on one drill was very telling because we like to think guys can make an easy transition, especially, you know, people want to change an athlete to a wide receiver and they think it's simple or, hey, this guy would be a great running back. You think it's a simple transition. It's really not, but a lot of times part of the reason it's not is everything you have to do without the football. To me, Joyner's seamless transition to being able to do some things without the ball really speak, I believe, to his ability to potentially be more of a true running back. You know, just kind of as opposed to being this change of pace running back that maybe we see play the position every now and then. Well, and when Shane Beamer was first asked about it, you know, there's been this progression here, right? When he's first asked about it, you probably don't want to go too strong on this thing. You know, you don't want to say, first of all, Shane Beamer's always been someone who, I don't know if I'm even saying this right, Wes, but he, he doesn't want to make something too big. He certainly doesn't want it to be bigger than the program. And so, he, look, he, he knows he's got a good feel for the media and, and how things work. And so I'm sure he knew when they decided internally, hey, we're going to play Joiner Summit running back. I'm sure one of the thoughts in Shane Beamer's head was, man, this is going to blow up. There's going to be a whole bunch of stories and articles about this and social media talk and, frankly, some over-analysis of it. And so probably trying to just take some pressure off of everybody, right? You think back to 
the problem that you enter this spring with, and that is you need some more running backs. So part of that can't really be solved until the portal window opens on May 1st. Nothing that happens this spring is going to change the fact that South Carolina is going to try to go out and get another running back in the portal. Time will tell if that's like a starter caliber guy or it's a depth ad. But they're going to go – if they felt great about Mario Anderson and Joyner and Juju McDowell after the spring, if they're like, man, that three backs that had a spring that we couldn't have dreamed – they're still going to go out and get it back in the portal, right? It'd be a huge shock otherwise. But at that point, it is kind of more of an experiment. You're looking at guys on your roster and you're saying, who could we move to running back? And Joyner is above all the other guys, one that makes the most sense to give it a try. Now you've had that progression of meetings and, and a, you know, they've only had four practices as of today, Wes. But you've you've gotten to see him in that element some and see how he's adjusted to it. So there's been, again, this clear progression, even from the beginning of spring practice when they're trying it out to where now it seems like everybody feels a little bit more comfortable with this idea because it could have gone the other direction. Right. It could. I'm not surprised that Joyner's doing well in this role, but it could have gone, ah, you know, maybe this needs to be a little bit more of a niche thing, a little bit more of a package thing. It seemed to go in the other direction to where. He's spending the majority of his time at running back. And that's, you know, maybe what we can expect as this thing progresses and gets closer to the season. And I think at the very least, it it gives you another option. Let, let's say that let, – let's say I'm wrong. And I, I said earlier, I, I think there's a real case to be made that Joyner could be the opening day, like the game one starting running back for South Carolina. Um, matter of fact, I – I'm predicting it. That's what's going to happen. But say I'm wrong. However, you now at least know you have this plan. Let's look at last year as a very recent easy example. South Carolina has injuries at the running back spot. That's a spot that we know gets banged up. That's a spot that we know can have issues. Let's say they have injuries at that position. Let's say DJ Braswell isn't quite ready. You can think of a host of different things that could happen at that spot that could make you sort of be in a predicament. Last year, whether people loved it or hated it, South Carolina had the Jaheim Bell option. And I still maintain that that was actually their best option, that that was the best move to go to. Again, whether you love it or whether you hate it. However, this year, the Jaheim Bell option is now in Tallahassee, Florida. So it doesn't work anymore, doesn't help you anymore. For Carolina... You go into a season at the very least having this sort of break in case of emergency option already locked in. It's not like you have to say, hey, to carry on. You know, this isn't the Savelle Newton, hey, man, we need you to go play safety um, in Gainesville this week. Let's move you in in like a week, uh, which I think is something that happened to Savelle unless I'm having revisionist uh, history there. So you already sort of have it in place, I, I think, is like the – that's the very least of what I think this means. So even then, I think it's it's a good plan. It's a good move. I think it's helpful. At the, the most, though, then this becomes a thing where this is a great story that to carry on finds his home at running back. I mentioned this earlier, man. He doesn't really have a typical skinny receiver – body you know and I and I, I think your modern day receivers don't really have your typical skinny a lot of them 
skinny receiver bodies anymore either. Like these guys, a lot of them are just grown men. But I, I think you look at some slot receivers, they're kind of tiny, maybe even a little frail. And you look at DK, 6'1", 216, very well put together. He, I mean, I, I would love – I think that's probably the spring game. Like I'm very intrigued just to watch him go play some running back and see how his style as a runner that we've already seen kind of translates to a little bit different position, a little bit different role. And it, is, it should be exciting for Gamecock fans and really for the staff and for to carry on himself. You know, I, I've gone to this well a lot, Wes, but remember last season just we know that Joyner was banged up, you know, what, the first half of the season. And so he's, he's even said publicly he couldn't accomplish everything that he wanted to that season. Um, didn't have the type of season that he wanted primarily because he was banged up for a while. But remember that that Florida game? I mean, literally probably the only highlight of that game, you know, is th- there just wasn't anything there except for the play that Joyner made on the fake punt. And I remember us texting right after that happened, as it was happening, man, on looks explosive. So he finally got himself healthy kind of towards the tail end of the season. But yet he's always kind of had he's, – he's some of this and he's some of that. He's never had that – and maybe that is his best role. You know, maybe it is he needs to do a little bit of everything. But I think adding the element of running back and maybe making it even a primary focus, Wes – is something that's really fascinating. And you, you kind of think about it. This is something that's been said before. When you have a guy like even go to Jaheim Bell, when you put Jaheim Bell on the field out in a personnel package, you know, you, you can do too much with this as well as, we, as we've seen in Columbia. But you can use it to, to kind of play around with where you put a guy. Same thing with on Joiner. You know, if he's out in a formation and Spencer Rattler and him are out there, they might both be in the backfield. To carry on, maybe a slot receiver. He may be a running back. There's always the threat of him running the football, passing the football, doing a different variety, a variety of things. And that can help you too. That can be a built in advantage. But he also, you know, when healthy and when put in good situations, he's got a lot of athletic ability. And as you pointed out, a bigger guy. I mean, he's, he's, to me, looks a lot different than even he did in the high school level at 4D. I think coming out, he was. He was listed at 6'1", 190. Frankly, didn't even look that at times, especially earlier in his high school career. He's really come into his own from a physical standpoint and has the size to where he can hold up at that running back position. Yeah, and um, all, all credit to him for for making those moves to put himself in that position. Matter of fact, I mean, I'll share this now. One of the things I heard when he was transitioning to receiver was just kind of the day-to-day physicality of playing a position other than quarterback where you're not getting hit in practice. Uh, you know, that, that was a big part of that transition. And, you know, frankly, I heard some things that made me think that was maybe the hardest part about that transition for him, but he has added some really good weight, well put together. And I'm with you, man. I'm, I would love, I would love for this to be a story where it's just like, wow, that that's his home. Like that's his, that's his actual position. That would be great for, for Carolina, obviously, but, um, you know, for for to carry on like that would be amazing and a great way for him to finish off his South Carolina career. You know, finally having the season that I, I think he really, obviously, has wanted to have for quite some time. Um, all right, we're gonna hit some of y'all's questions here in a second. I know we got a few here, Chris. 
before we do that, um, let me tell you all about our friends at Liberty Tax. Uh, you can overcome your taxiety. Obviously, tax season is here. Like, it is officially upon us. Matter of fact, we're kind of in the fourth quarter, guys. Like, it is time to make a move, and it's time to do your taxes. If you're like me, you've been putting it off. You don't enjoy it. But guess what? You have to do it. So let our friends at Liberty Tax help you through what can be a daunting process. 803-462-5576. They have locations in Columbia, Irmo, and Lexington. Again, that's 803-462-5576. And Chris, you got many options, man. You can do this online. You can walk in. You can do sort of what is a hybrid of the two. Sign up online, upload your documents, then go in and do it in person and, and sort of make it a very efficient process. So whatever makes you most comfortable, whatever you feel is the best way for you, our friends here at Liberty Tax will help take care of you again. 803-462-5576. That's in Columbia, Lexington, and over there in Irmo, where Chris hangs out often. Um, Chris, let's hit some questions, man. Let's see. Let me go back and find it. Craig asking a question that I think we're going to have come up quite a bit during this recruiting cycle. It's funny, Chris, you start to have guys, the, the names start to get out there. This isn't a player that I, frankly, was all that familiar with. We tend to focus on the players South Carolina is going after, to be quite honest. But Braden Staley, an in-state guy who has carved out quite a nice offer list himself. The Gamecocks, not really on that offer list. So Craig asking about that, saying that uh, he can absolutely fly. Any ideas here, Chris? And uh, do you think there's anything to the fact that maybe maybe there's not much interest from Staley or any ideas at all? No, I don't get the sense, Wes, that he there's a lack of interest on his part. Um, not to say, look, that if South Carolina offered, it's an auto land for them or anything like that. I don't want to give that impression. Um, I think maybe they they would have their hat in the ring if they did opt to offer, but have not so far. And so, you know, there's a few guys still in state that uh, I think South Carolina would probably want to just continue looking at, maybe get a look at them again in camp, watch them senior season. I don't have a good feel as to whether someone like Braylon Staley from Aiken, um, another one that's come up, Troy Stevenson from down in the low country, Philip Simmons. He's another guy that's come up kind of in that same category of, this guy has some offers. Certainly Staley has an even bigger offer list than Stevenson. And with his ranking, I think the on three industry ranking has him, what, fifth in the state, I believe, Wes. So that four-star status combined with some of the other programs like Clemson that have offered has people wondering. And I think, Wes, especially with what we saw of a guy down the road, Jalen Hyatt, it's been beaten to death, yes. But Gamecock fans obviously want to avoid that type of situation in the future. So fair question to ask. And I think the fair answer is probably, hey, you got to wait and see. You know, um, there have been some guys that South Carolina have not taken in the past or have not offered in the past. They probably should. And some guys they passed on that they probably should have passed on. And we've seen everything in between. So um, I don't have any hard info as to like what exactly is it that South Carolina wants to see, has not seen. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that they haven't pursued heavily so far, haven't extended an official offer. Yeah, that, that may be something, I don't know, maybe over the weekend we can gather a little yep. bit more on that. Um, by the way, I hate when people get people's names wrong, so 
I'll call myself out. I think I said Braden Staley. Um, but I'm going to blame Craig for that because I was reading his question. So, Craig, you can own that one, but I'll take I'll take half of the fault there. <laughs> Braylon Staley, B-R-A-Y-L-O-N, Braylon Staley, the guy we're talking about. And like you said, man, really nice offer list and good player, it appears. But we'll see if South Carolina's right. We'll see. We'll see if they backtrack there or if that some is it is I was about to say that it's kind of already sailed, which is weird to say this early, but um Might have. this day and age you it yeah. kind of feels that way. If a guy has a big offer list early on, you kinda of have to get in, I feel like, during that surge, or it can be a situation where, where things are kind of over with. And the reason and I was completely speculating Chris with there being a lack of interest just because um his dad um actually signed with Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian State never played there, I don't think. Played at Mississippi State, yep, former yeah. Clemson Sonny. I think he he went JUCO maybe and then yep. ended up going to Mississippi State, was was originally signed with Clemson. Uh Craig said he'll take it on the chin. Um let's see we had another one before Craig, I think. I think Craig had a second question. Um, SC Scout guy mentioning DJ Twitty and Dante Miller. Oh, you know what? I know what it was. Jordan Strong. Uh, that's a weird one, Will. He's asking, did the six-year waiver officially go through? Chris, I don't even know how to answer this. It's like we've never been told it's officially going through, right? Like I've never been told, hey, a waiver has been approved. We However, have a better chance at this point, Wes, of finding out if where Jimmy Hoffa is buried. Then, However, we've been told by several people, you know, hey, no th- problem. there's no worries. Yeah, no problem. No problem. He's playing for the Gamecocks in 2023. I'll tell you what, if we do get the firm word, if we can get a copy of the waiver or something like that, or know for sure, I am absolutely going to write a story on it. You're going to file a FOIA request on that? I don't know if we'll go that far. But we will We will, We will. will absolutely blast it out there if we can find out. No, it has been a little strange, but there's absolutely nobody that's concerned about it, right? I mean – but you kind of weigh that against, like, the guy that came up earlier, Dante Miller. Dante is really, you know, he, I mean, he's out of eligibility. Apparently, there's somewhat of a case or somewhat of a semblance of a case to where he's applied for a six-year and obviously been going through spring practice, but we're just not sure. I don't have firm word on that one either, but two different cases, you know. I don't sense that there's, like, a ton of optimism with Dante Miller is kind of more of a, well, we'll see. Jordan Strong's just a, I don't know if it's in, but it's fine. No, no biggie. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I think you nailed it. It's kind of a weird situation, but um, there's, there's just no concern. It seems that, that that will not go through if it has not gone through already. Yeah. Scout guy saying Strong is on the roster and listed as a six year. Yeah. I mean, we, we know that like Carolina, Carolina is moving forward um, yeah. as if he is there. So, it's just – it's weird there's never been a complete final confirmation 
of that. Um, whereas, like Chris said, the final, the same people will tell you Dante. They're kind of wait and see on that. And Dante is a guy. I mean, he's a talented person. He could help this team. I don't think he's gonna be a starter, but he could help your depth at running back, and I think help you on special teams a little bit. So we'll see kind of how that plays out. Craig also asking thoughts on Jonathan Paler dropping so much in the updated rankings. I, um, hey, Craig, how how far did he drop? I, I don't think I've really seen that that was the case. Um, I think he's still, he's still a four-star guy. Uh, let's see. So, hey, so the different sites, Chris, are a little bit all over the place on Paler. They are. Uh, so I don't remember what he was before, honestly. But on three has him as a four star, a ninety rating on the scale, which is the same, pretty much the same scale twenty four seven uses. Twenty four seven has him as a ninety, ESPN and eighty six, but that's a different scale than twenty four seven and on three, because that's a four star guy. ESPN has him forty second in the country and the fourth. <laughs> the fourth best wide receiver in the country. So you're talking about being way up there. Rivals and 24-7 both have him at 22nd best wide receiver in the country. On three has him as the 49th best wide receiver in the country. You add all that up, throw some percentages on it, bake it in a pie, and you get 39th wide receiver in the country. So... I don't know. All I know is Carolina wants him a lot. <laughs> well, I do I do have a little bit, and I don't know the specific ranking that was being referred to there. I do know some quick uh, research here, Wes. Well, I think 24-7 just updated there, so that okay. might be part of that. Well, and, and somewhat recently, Rivals did as well. And so, Paler in January, late January and into February, was number 146 nationally on Rivals, and now he's 167. That's not like a – I don't know. That's one of those – I don't know if you classify it that much of a drop. That's like a slight adjustment, you know, because you – I mean, what, is 20 spots or so? It, so, not that big of a deal. But, um, yeah, he did go down a little bit there. But on three itself, pretty high on the kid. Um, I know Charles Power, their director of scouting and rankings. We actually talked to him about Paler a little bit when we had him on GC Live recently. And I think, what was it, Wes? Lightning in a bottle, I think is what he said. Yeah, but interestingly, high on the kid, but lower than most everybody else. Yeah. At yeah. this point, 49th wide receiver. That's got to be right on the edge of four and four star and three star. Yeah, I think so. Um. But yeah, either way, he is a consensus four-star in that he is a four-star um, across the board with everybody. Mm -hmm. Craig's saying he was 78th in the country. Now he's out of the top 247. So. That's, no, that's a big move. That's, yeah, not that, a, big that's move. a real drop. That's a real drop, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know their specific reasons, Craig. He's not very, he's not very big. So yeah. you're going to get dinged for that unless you're just – absolutely um, dynamic, mm -hmm. uh, which he is. I mean, he is dynamic, but I'm talking about like Noel Devine dynamic. Uh, <laughs> right. They right. don't, they don't ding you when you're like that, but anybody else, they, they tend to do that. Gamecock Ryan saying, I take Charles's opinion, nothing else. 
I'm with you, man. Charles is – I'm not just saying this because he's got – wears an on three logo. Charles' record speaks for itself. And you're actually seeing – Chris, did you notice Dylan Stewart in the on three industry ranking starting to move on up, which is something that I think Charles very much predicted when he made the move to make him the number one prospect in the country. Yeah, up to number seven – nationally in the on three industry ranking so yeah that definitely signifies a move up for him and man i mean Stewart, he, he checks about i mean he, he looks like you want an edge guy to look you know out of high school just in terms of the the frame and the athleticism i i do really enjoy i won't make it into a charles power love fest we love on him enough but um he does a great job just because there's always an explanation and a very detailed explanation of just the process that goes into it and then even individually, why is this kid here? And there's always a reason behind it. It's not just, oh, I didn't like this or I, he's big. I mean, you know, there's just, there's always some type of data point behind all the rankings. And that makes you feel, of course, it's not going to bat, they're not going to bat a thousand on everybody either. There's so many factors that go into it, but for how they do it, I think this is about as good as you can do um, at, at that level. Yeah, for sure. Uh, SC Scout guy, I mean, I'm going to read your question, man, but I'm going to be honest, I don't know if we're going to have an answer because it's just so difficult to say, but um, it's it's worth worth asking. Beamer was asked about it last week. Um, what percentage would you give to Montague Rames, Anthony Rose, and Cameron Upshaw ever playing at South Carolina? I mean, I don't know that we can put a percentage on it. Like, I, I think they all three, in fairness, all three of them, um, you know, have some hills to climb here. And and all three of them, even though they're allegedly involved in the same situation, it seems like all three of them may have unique paths in this thing. So how does it play out with all the factors involved? Um, yep. You know, of course, you have the legal system. How does it play out with that? Then how does it play out with the university itself? Then how does it play out with the football team? Yep. So there, there are so many factors. I wouldn't really feel comfortable trying to guess because really, frankly, it would just be a wild guess with no real yep. reasoning behind it. So that's that's not really – that's not fair to them or to y'all. So don't want to go there. It just – all I will say is it does seem like the process still has many steps to go you know, as far as that is uh, concerned. But let's see. What else we want to hit, Chris? Um, Beamer talked about a number of things. He was asked, you know, Colin, I texted you this. Colin asked him about the positions he was most interested in sort of seeing the battles at. Yeah. I thought he might lead us into more talk about the center spot. And Ah. Beamer just – Beamer just listed every position in football history, I feel like. What was that coach that uh, would go into media days and he it ended up 45 minutes later, he's talking about the backup long snapper. I think it might have been Les Miles. It was I was going to say, was that Mike Leach? Uh, R.I.P.? Could have been Leacher. Don't know. But, yeah, so position battles, I don't know, man. We've got – we, there are a few, but I th- I feel like we've already hit on that, and Beamer didn't really give anything new. 
There wasn't any like, oh, this guy's past this guy, this guy's past that guy. Um, I know what we can hit on. So players speaking today. Stone Blanton. You know what caught my attention about Stone is that um, he said he's lost weight but then gained muscle. And I I think that's a big deal for him. I'm going to try to find the exact uh, number. Mike, you've had some notes on the guys on the Gamecock Central Insiders Forum, but uh, dropped about five to six pounds of body fat and gained about 10 of muscle. Um, I, I think that's a big step for him, man. And, you know, I, I think he'll probably look to kind of continue to reshape a little bit. But we've seen Beamer name Stone, you know, among three guys mainly that he kind of singled out to you and me. Yes. And, you know, I, I think it's a big offseason for him and a big spring as well, knowing that he's going to get a bunch of reps with Mo Kaba out. Yeah. No, no doubt. It, it, you know, it was interesting. I was asked on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central because we had passed along that note of the fact that Stone Blanton had reshaped, dropped some weight, however Beamer classified it. And it was kind of like, well, Chrissy's listed at the exact same weight as he was on the roster last year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But – you know, it's all about the body composition. And so something else Beamer has said is, you know, working on his speed, you know, that, that Stone was a guy that, I mean, you look at a man, he was pretty, I mean, he's, he's always going to be a bigger kid, right? But you watched him last year. What were some things that you could come up with? Well, we know that he's a tough, physical, smart football player, but just being able to move a little bit better, Obviously, that was an area. So accomplishing kind of a two-for-one, dropping a little weight, adding some muscle, and being able to move a little bit better, that's going to serve him well this year. And um, it's kind of that opportunity meets talent thing. We, we know South Carolina is losing a couple guys, and Brad Johnson and Shirai Green who played a lot of football at South Carolina, six-year seniors. And so that leaves a lot of spots open. It's kind of up for grabs. You know, who, who grabs the starting spots? who grabs the backup spots. There's plenty of playing time to be had, whether it's on special teams or in the linebacker rotation. And uh, Blanton's a guy that they're really counting on to take that step forward. And so good for him and the team in the off season that um, not surprised, but he's, he's prioritized kind of that two for one of, of getting a little bit faster and reshaping his body. Yeah. And they do have the equipment there at Carolina where they do like the body comp tests and stuff. And you can, you know, it's it's much different than just like stepping on a scale or something like you would do if you're a regular human being. Like you can get the full on, you know, you've literally dropped this much body fat, you've gained this much muscle, and kind of get a, a great feel for how much you have reshaped your body. So uh, very, very interesting stuff there. Travis, um, Travis asked, uh, do we know where he's playing? I'm not sure if he was asking about Marquis or Stone. Um I think Stone is still at middle linebacker. Marquis, I believe, is at a guard spot. Um, I'm not sure if that's left or right or both. Something we'll certainly try to dive into. I feel like we don't necessarily, Chris, because we've only seen one practice and we've only seen a, a brief glimpse at that point. I feel like we haven't really gotten into some of these details that I that I personally like to dive into, like, Who's playing Mike? Who's playing Will? You know, who's at left guard? Who's at right guard? Who's playing both? Sometimes those tell you just as much about how this depth chart may play out 
as anything else. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm already starting to kind of think about, all right, is Pup Howard going to be a Mike? I, I think Pup is like long-term, probably a prototypical Mike linebacker. But I'm also looking at that spot and I'm going, okay, Mo Cobb is going to be back. He played Mike last year. Stone Blanton played Mike last year. Stone Blanton has come on strong and is getting a bunch of first-team reps with Mo out. If Pup is playing Mike, then all of a sudden, you know, he's third team. Mm-hmm. So, do you – like, how, you, know, you see what I'm saying? How does that play out in getting – we always hear about it, get your best 11. For linebacker, it's get your best two and get your best four, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the two backups. Because as we talked about earlier, they really don't – do a ton of different personnel stuff where you have a third linebacker on the field? No, absolutely. It's a, it's a great question. Wes, will we get – so it will be practice five tomorrow. Will, will there be a depth chart tomorrow? Or are the coaches – Well, there's still... never a depth chart, Chris. Okay. Uh, so even, depth even charts don't exist. Then, they don't exist. Just, yeah, not in existence. I, I am curious about when – after the spring, is there a depth chart? Is there a depth chart for the game? But I'm, I, we need – what we need, man, we need the non-depth chart, depth chart drill. We need to see some of that tomorrow. Uh, if Shane Beamer is listening, please do that drill with the third, all the way from first to third team tomorrow so that Wes and I can see it and report back to the people. But but back to your point about linebacker, I'm, I'm fascinated by that too, right? You kind of look at it and you go, there's a lot of guys that could get on the field. You know, there's even a couple, I mean, Debo Williams, Bam Martin Scott, who've played a decent amount of football and have shown some good things at times. You know, how do these five, six, seven guys, what is it, Wes, probably more like six guys or so, how do that? How does that rotation shake out? I don't even know if I'm comfortable enough saying who will be a starter for sure at this point. I'm not. Uh, maybe the staff has a little bit better of a sense. I'm thinking probably not. You know, they certainly have a better sense at one position versus another. Linebacker is probably one where they're still a little bit unsettled. And that's not because there's no options. It's just some guys have to emerge. And, and one of them is still on the shelf right now. And Mo Kaba is still, you know, rehabbing that knee injury during the spring. Yeah. Travis and Craig making what I, I think is a valid point. If Stone locks down the mic, maybe Kaba moves to Will. I think that's certainly possible. I, I think, you know, how, how quickly does Kaba feel, you know, 100%? Does he get back all of his speed? from last year. I, I think that's something to keep an eye on there as well. You know, I, I think they want to kind of be able to look back and say they've upgraded the speed and athleticism at that linebacker spot from what they had, you know, for most of last year. So what does that look like? Can a guy like, um, you know, some of these younger players, how far along does, uh, you know, his pup is a uh, Jaron Willis sort of coming along. All those things are some interesting storylines to watch at that position. But I, I do think it's some, I think it's on paper a more talented, more athletic group. We'll just see if it can be also a more productive group actually playing ball and playing the linebacker spot. Um, Before we move any further, I'm going to tell everybody about one of our latest sponsors on Gamecock Central. This is Andy Ledecky from MyPerfectFranchise.net. You can give Andy a call at 404-973-9901 or just go to MyPerfectFranchise.net. Net. And Chris, uh, you and I have talked about Andy once before here on the show, but uh, they're going to hear me talk about Andy about twice a month from now. So we're, or, so from now on, I should say, 
And also, you will read about him on the Gamecock Central Insiders Forum. If you're ready to leave the corporate rat race, if you're looking for a side hustle, or if you just want to diversify, build wealth, and leave a legacy, Andy is what you call, this was a new thing to me, a franchise consultant. Uh, He is also a franchise owner. He helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, and their time commitment and time availability. So his services are 100% free. That's an important thing to note here. And he is here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. Again, 404-973-9901. Chris, recruiting is rolling, man. Two welcome homes. It had gotten a little slow in the welcome home department. I think we thought like we felt like it might pick up again with uh, recruits hitting campus for spring practice, and you sort of get a little more of an open period going on right now. Carolina now with two welcome homes. So why don't you tell everybody who they are? Okay. Oh, oh man, my equipment all just went out here at Steel Hand Studios. Uh, I'm sorry, I had to leave that to you, Wes. But uh, no, seriously. I think um, one here's a common question. Let's loop this in. Common question we've gotten: Will South Carolina get, you know, over under make up your amount x amount of commitments before the spring is over or before the summer? And obviously, I think they're poised to get at least a couple before spring's out. Probably more. Um, and I think they have a chance to do quite well and get some guys that Gamecock fans have been tracking for quite a while. Um, But one of the storylines, Wes, is obviously the in-state recruiting for South Carolina. Um, 2020 class, if you're you're looking back on it, South Carolina, that was kind of the last time that they kind of swept their in-state targets, guys that they offered, not necessarily, hey, all the guys in the top five or all the guys in the top ten, but just the guys that they pursued. Um, And there have been several classes after that where they – I mean, like 2022, for instance, they didn't sign a single top five player from the state of South Carolina. Now they're in position to potentially get all the guys that they want in state, all the guys that they've offered. And then obviously there's some big fish out of state too that that they're continuing to chase. So um, 24 class still, I think, in the top 10, Wes, according to the on three industry rankings. And that could uh, that ranking could go up, you know, in the next few weeks. Yeah, and I, I think um, you're starting to see some of these guys Carolina fans have have tracked for a long time maybe starting to go ahead and uh, kind of lean into their decisions. Uh, Josiah Thompson announcing recently via On3 that he will be making his announcement on April the 11th, 9 a.m. Gamecock Central currently planning to be there for that. And, you know, Carolina's been in great shape there for a very long time, Chris. And you just look at how this thing's played out. You have Mazio Bennett, who I think is like about to sneak onto the practice field at some point because he's been at like every single practice. You look at Cam Pringle, he's there all the time. I, I think the most impressive thing about this class so far isn't maybe even necessarily that they're that they're probably gonna potentially sweep in state, but it's just the buy-in from these kids, man. Like I've never seen Carolina have so much buy-in in terms of an entire class almost recruiting other guys to join them. We've seen some great recruiters. You know, you see a Pup Howard, see a Dante Reno, you go all the way back, a Bryson Allen Williams who put in so much effort into recruiting for his class. 
We've seen an individual in a class do it. But this has been almost the entire class that is putting in that effort to go recruit. And I think that's been just one more little factor combined with a lot of other factors that has put them on this path that they're on right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, even some of the personalities that are a little bit more like unassuming, like a Cam Pringle, you know, he's been all over social media and he's going down to campus and continuing to visit to help recruit. Mazio Bennett's been back to campus a ton of times, right? Um, whether it's just hanging around the program or helping to recruit guys. And so I mean, you hear a lot about how the best cultures and the best teams and not only college football, even extending into pro sports, Wes, um, are player-led. And I think we're seeing some of that in South Carolina's recruiting class too. Yeah, it helps when you have good recruiters on your staff. It helps nowadays if your program, if your college town has, you know, for example, a really good and and robust NIL environment. Like you need all those things. But when you have guys who bought in and believe in your program that have had these longstanding relationships with the coaches, when they're helping you recruit on a daily basis, you don't have to worry about it as much. I mean, Shane Beamer has referenced that several times talking about, you know, the Nick Carver recruitment and how, you know, Pup Powered and some other guys would tell him, hey, we're, we're good, coach. You know, we're going to keep after it. That really, really helps you. And then, of course, if you have a good culture, once those guys get to campus, your current players on your team are going to help you when you get some guys on campus for the first time, second time, and they're asking the players on your team, okay, you heard this in recruiting. How is it when you actually get there? If you can kind of meet those two things – that's going to help your recruiting efforts a lot. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that in this 2024 class. Yeah, no doubt. And certainly something, Chris, that you and I will be continuing to track um, as we always do moving forward. But I mean, it should be good times ahead there for South Carolina. I, I really don't think this thing's going to be slowing down anytime soon, which is certainly something for South Carolina fans out there to celebrate. Um, before we close it out, Chris, how about our guy, Shaq Wilson landing an NFL gig. I, I feel like I was about to say I feel like Shaq has been around for a couple decades. Yep. Well, that's because in many ways he has. I mean, I, I think he's totaled 15 years or so at South Carolina. Reported, I was going to say reportedly, but now sort of pretty much confirmed by Shaq Wilson. Uh, yep. Confirmed that he's leaving. Confirmed that he's going to the Jets. Um, it was reported that that would be as assistant defensive line coach. And, Chris, I think a great chance here for Shaq to just kind of expand his resume, expand his opportunities, be a little <laughs> bit more of an on-field guy. And, you know, man, we've seen South Carolina go this route of hiring player or hiring coaches, I should say, to on-field assistant coaching spots from – roles very similar to what Shaq is about to be in for the Jets. Look no further than Sterling Lucas being in the NFL for a number of years as, you know, an assistant D-line coach and then stepping back into the college game. Yeah, Shaq has always been a sharp football mind. I mean, you remember right hearing that about him as a player, even as a recruit. Remember just people around Jacksonville talking about how smart he was as a player. He wasn't the most – you know, incredibly physically gifted player, but he's just so smart, right? And that's 
no surprise when he got into coaching. And so now he's able to expand those horizons. You're right. We've seen guys, you know, go to that NFL level and then get either full-time NFL jobs, college jobs. John Scott Jr., who was at, at South Carolina a while back, and I think he just went back to the NFL West from Penn State. He's been at the NFL level. He's been at the college level. I think he was hired at South Carolina from a similar position to Shaq from the from the New York Jets, actually. So uh, great move for Shaq. Happy for him, and uh, all Gamecock fans should be as well. No doubt, man. I, I think he'll do great in that role, and you never know. Shaq's one of those guys I think um, you, you just circle his name because there's always a chance he could end up back at South Carolina. Um, dude, I mean, I, I think I think there are several guys that I actually already have circled. Um, I'm adding Shaq to my list, but Shaq Wilson, um, obviously Bryce and Al Williams out there working with North Carolina now off the field. Um, Joe Bowen, who started out at Carolina and is now an on-field coach, um, you know, was on their defensive staff here, is now a linebackers coach at, I think, Miami, Ohio. And um, Stanton Weber, who did so much work as South Carolina's special teams analyst, now an on-field coach, um, you know, special teams coordinator there at Toledo um, as of this offseason. So those are all guys that I think you look at that, yeah, Travis bringing up Chris Hampton, guys that have either played at Carolina or have just coached at Carolina and then gone on to bigger things that I'm circling whenever spots open up in the future for on-field jobs because they could be potential candidates. Yeah, for sure, man. Chris has done – Chris Hampton's done extremely well for himself. Hasn't coached with Beamer. Um, you know, Beamer, when he got to South Carolina, I think Chris Hampton, from my information, was somebody that was kind of in that mix on that list of intriguing guys. But Torian Gray obviously was someone that Beamer – had a relationship with and is obviously pretty well regarded and does a, does a fantastic job and has a South Carolina so far, but Chris is one to watch and there, there's a bunch of others, man. And um, yeah, back to Shaq excited to see where his path goes. Cause I think he could, you know, continue rising up in the coaching industry and he's done really well for himself so far. No doubt, man. All right, y'all. Uh, I think that's about it for today. Hopefully we hit on, a number of good topics for you. Good to see everybody that we haven't seen in the chat there in a while. And uh, you want you want to try to do one tomorrow, Chris? Tomorrow afternoon because we'll have we'll have some observations. Hopefully, yes, observations shall be had at practice. The nine yeah, depth we'll, chart depth chart drill got to have it. Got to have it. Yeah, nine fifteen practice tomorrow. We'll have updates on the insiders forum. We'll have observations after. Uh, tune in to Garnet Trust Hour. We'll have Josh Van on live in studio. You never know what Josh is going to say, so that should be very entertaining. Looking forward to hearing from him. Until then, uh, y'all have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.